Anybody ready for an awkward intro? I like an awkward intro. So that's when I tell you, you can't just eat at everybody's house because <laughs> it wasn't just the corn that had the juice. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where we are. There, there it is. Uh, how's everybody? Pretty good. Doing all right. I'm sipping on my throat coat that I received from the throat goat. Nancy Reagan? <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Nancy Reagan's got that cock cock 3000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The dusty version. All right. So it doesn't <laughs> right. get any more awkward than that. No, not hardly. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to move into uh, a topic that might be a little controversial. So okay, uh, right. bear with me here. Uh, mm-hmm. Have Have you heard about Agun doing the first good thing that Agun has ever done in the world? Oh, uh, no. Okay. What? Well, here we go. And I'm sorry. This is going to, the the beginning of the story is going to start out iffy. And okay. I don't want to offend anybody with the, the, the way this story is going to start out. So I'm sorry if this offends anyone by what I'm going to say, but follow me. Okay. Uh-huh. Uva Bowl is directing a movie. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry. And apparently one of the producers on the film was just wearing a gun on his hip. To set. Oh. And uh, complaints were filed. And uh, people were uneasy, especially after the whole rust situation. Yeah. Uh, and uh, some of those people were fired. And then many of those people went on strike and shut down a Uva Bowl movie. Therefore, <laughs> a gun has done the first good thing a gun <laughs> has ever done in the U.S. Nice. In, in yeah. the world. And and I will say this once, and hopefully only once in my life. Good job, gun. Good job, gun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, fuck off. Yeah, now we can promptly toss the rest of them into the sun, like Superman at the end of Superman 4, Quest for Peace. You have done your work. It is time to leave. Well, (laughs) speaking of Superman. Speaking of Superman. You want to talk about a movie? Let's talk about a movie. Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsity Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history, trying to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week? Zach. We are watching the midlife crisis installment of the classic Pixar franchise, Toy Story 4. All right. This is everybody's first time seeing Toy Story 4. No. No. No for me. Does anybody remember the first time they did see it? I saw it in theaters. I took the guys that I worked with at the time to go see it. Mm. Nice. Yeah. I I didn't catch it in theaters, but I caught it the weekend it was available streaming on. Was Disney Plus out at this time? I think. Yeah. It, Maybe. Disney Plus came out in November of this year, so it might have just been on there already. Yeah. All right. 
Well, then, I also I also saw this in theaters. What an exciting story I have. Lovely. Uh, well done. Thank you. But with that, we're going to get into an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. Hey, look, Oscar breakdown. Uh, best animated feature goes to Toy Story 4, giving Josh Cooley, Jonas Rivera, and Mark Nielsen Academy Awards, beating out How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. I Lost My Body, Klaus, and a missing link. Uh, extra category awards. I believe the only ones we have this evening are best original song uh, for I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4, giving Randy Newman an Academy Award nomination, mm. and Into the Unknown from Frozen 2, giving Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez Academy Award nominations, both of which lose out to I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, giving Elton John and Bernie Taupin the first major award that the two of them have ever won together in their 40 plus years of writing music together. Ridiculous, nice. but just good. absolutely insane. Elton John's second Oscar though. Mm. Yes. So for uh, Lion King. Yeah. Or can you feel the love tonight? Now, if we want to get real technical, the Lion King is the remake is up for best visual effects. You can't convince me that's a quote unquote live action remake. <laughs> right. But, uh, that, is our Oscar breakdown. All right. Well, let's talk about this movie. Let's. This movie. I warmed to it more than I did the first time. First time I saw this movie, I was like, it's okay. It's a story story. Just something about it just didn't sit right with me. But I'll tell you what. Yeah, I warmed to me. it this time. The first time I watched it and there was something that just didn't sit right with me. <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly the words you just said because that I was pretty here. close. <laughs> it, was, it was good. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you continue, continue your thought, Jonathan. <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, it, it, it's, I like it. It's good. It has heart. It has, uh, it has struggle and it has trash. Trash. Yeah. yeah. The hell I'm going to freeze tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Looking perfect. Su surprised or worried, perhaps. Indeed. I, um, the first time I watched it, I was like, you know, this is, it's a very good movie. I felt like the story was complete after three and initially watching this was like, this, I don't know that this was a story that needed to be told, but I'm glad the movie exists because it was good. Um, and it's funny. It's probably the funniest, uh, or has the funniest moments out of any of the Toy Story movies. I feel like, um, so Yeah. Paul. Uh, so I warmed to it more than I did the last time that I watched it. But also I love this movie to begin with because it's great. And uh, might be my second favorite Toy Story film. Oh, very well, nice. Very I nice. could see that. Um, yeah, it's it's good. It, it, and I think my issue the first time I watched it was the fact that I felt Toy Story 3 did wrap things up the best way. Um, so there might have been just a kind of going in a little bit of harshness towards it. Uh, but after watching it now, kind of making my peace with those feelings, I. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm no, not trying fine. to be distracted. Kaleidoscope. <laughs> no, it fits with the carnival themes of the film. Indeed. Anyway, anyway. go on, Jonathan. Um, but. Yeah, after making my peace with that, I, I like the fact that they're 
there was kind of a villain, but not really. Um, just just a character who was almost like the B plot, who had some uh, had some issues and just fucking terrifying henchmen. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think she's less the villain, more the thematic uh, opposite for Woody. So yeah. that he can get to where he needs to be. Because, as I said during our Toy Story 3 episode, I, I, the ending of Toy Story 3 never really sat right with me. So when we got a Toy Story 4 and it was almost solely Woody's film, mm. it felt right that we were going to wrap up Woody as a character. Yeah. And to have a character who never had an owner and felt broken uh, trying her hardest to get one while he was trying his hardest to cling to relevancy. I, th- I think is a really interesting thematic parallel. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. I um, do. I also like to compare the animation between this one and toy story one, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you get Andy as yeah. a kid. Because you're so used to, like, Andy in the first movie is shiny. Like, everybody's shiny. (laughs) He's very polyagonal. (laughs) Yeah. And now it's like, oh, there's texture to just everything that we didn't have back then. And just, it's so weird because I remember Toy Story coming out and us going, holy fuck. It's the end of fucking animation because why do we need that? They could do it with computers now and it looks fucking amazing. And I'm looking at back at it now. I'm like, look at all the triangles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and like uh, Sid's dog in the first one is just triangles. And they have a cat here that looks incredible. Like, yeah, it just you can even look at like the uh, the mid credit scene of the uh, bunny and uh, ducky ducky. As they start growing and watching the fur and everything in that, and you're just like amazing. And by the way, uh, Bunny and Ducky are my favorite Toy Story uh, characters. Now. They're incredible. Oh, <laughs> Key and Peel are amazing in this film. Just <laughs> bluff that. I was done. <laughs> I was so worried they were, um, you know, like when they introduced them, I was like, oh no, they're gonna, they almost felt like they're gonna be tokenized or something, but then they, made them fully realized characters. And I was very mm-hmm. happy about that. Yep. Just uh, <laughs> the one scene where they're trying to decide how they're going to get the key. And they're just like, <laughs> we'll, we'll do, we'll do the, the fluff surprise. Oh yeah. What's that? <laughs> time after time of them attacking some whole <laughs> Yeah. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It, I will say, I definitely appreciated the jokes in this one a lot more. And uh, man, the, the the moment Buzz went, she'll be okay. No, I mean Bonnie. Bonnie like, nope, will be I'm okay. Fucking done. Done. Like done. I, like you just gave and let Woody know that it's okay, and you're like, this is Woody saying goodbye right here, and that it's fine, and we are okay with it. Like that's what Buzz was saying. Hey, everybody, you are going to be okay with Woody leaving this yep. franchise, and I loved it. Yep. Even going off to just have his own adventures in his own franchise, like it. I hope you don't. I hope they really don't. I hope I, this was Woody's goodbye. I. I only would hope that they would so that I could get more uh, 
Bucky, yeah, Ducky and Bunny, and Duke Kaboom. Yes. Because mm-hmm. Duke Kaboom is one of the greatest <laughs> characters in the history of characters. <laughs> no, Rajon. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, when we first talked about this movie, Paul, you brought up, you know, it being a good ending for Woody. And, you know, I see that more and more. Um, I do have a question though about like as far as his character and his you know, the end of Toy Story three where Andy tells Bonnie take care of him till I come back. <laughs> I read one review and all it was was Andy's gonna be so pissed. <laughs> it's like that was like <laughs> she lost his toy. Yeah. But I mean that that happens. I mean in life. Uh, so I guess I was actually more bothered because of Toy Story two when you realize the price of Woody. And they just like ripped out his voice box and everything. Yep. <laughs> so I'm just like, that is one devalued fucking toy that is expensive still. Yeah. So anyway, you sound like you had a question. Um, do you, do you feel like uh, it's growth or that Woody has maybe kind of betrayed his original purpose or like his purpose no, is fulfilled or I, I feel like his purpose is fulfilled. And I think like, I almost feel like Woody, this movie, while, you know, fun can be fun for kids. My kids enjoyed watching this. We've watched it a few times because it, I love this film so much. Um, but this, this film was made for the kids who watch Toy Story. I grew up with Toy Story 1. Yeah. Specifically. And I, I don't know if this is... I think they said that they're that uh, they're going to be working on Toy Story five. Uh, I, I don't remember all the films that they greenlit once uh, Iger came back, but um, essentially, I, I think this film is meant more to let you know as an adult that sometimes, like they just they're gonna be just fine without you. You mm-hmm. you can let your children go. Like not necessarily in the sense Woody did. It had to be a little more literal in Woody's case because what's he going to do? Just stay in the closet for the rest of time? Yeah. Like that's that's way too depressing. So Woody needs to go on and help other children. You know, he he helps Gabby Gabby. He helps Forky. And, uh, you know, he helps Forky to become the toy that Forky needs to be. And he helps Gabby Gabby find the owner that she deserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got other children to take care of now. He, he's got other concerns that he needs to be concerned with because once the child has moved on from him, yeah. his, his mission is fulfilled. He, he's, he's more used somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, and as many times in this film as you watch her pick up Forky and just leave him. Right. Like if. She she's probably not even she might notice he's gone when they get back, but it's not going to matter to her as much. Right. And I mean, do you do you want Woody to be in that situation? So if she's moved on, then he needs to move on. And I think that's a way to tell adults, hey, look, it's it's OK to move on sometimes. Yeah. yeah. That's and a really good point. Yeah. And I, I think that message is for us. I mean, you know, if, if we need it and yes, who, who knows it, we all have children now. So one day we might need to move on. 
and they're going to be okay without us. Doesn't mean that they won't need us from time to time, but it means that they're going to be okay. Yes, yeah. we Canada. Yes, we Canada. <laughs> yeah. Here you go, revealing all the layers and depths again. I think, and also on a very literal sense, it's it is silly just to think you know Andy's going to come back from college and still need his toy like he did. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it, in the movie sense, it's like oh, Woody's real and you know they belong together but like you said he probably would just end up in the closet and so which let's talk about that closet for a minute because that is my favorite part of this whole movie yeah my god the raw the depth on the roster of this cast Mm -hmm. including the greatest named character in toy story the the four greatest named characters in toy story sure because go on which one which one's your favorite Melephant Brooks. Melephant Brooks. So <laughs> amazing. My favorite, my favorite name is Cheryl Burnett. <laughs> no, Carl Rhinoceros. Rhinoceros. Mm. And then of course Bitey White. Mm. And and the clock that, that tells Woody that this is the third time you've been left in the closet this week. His name is Old Timer. <laughs> mm. Thanks. <laughs> who who keeps count? I am. <laughs> oh, God. Mm. <laughs> when, and then they all come back for Forky Ask a Question, if you haven't watched that yet. Yes. Oh, no, I, I need to watch I was, that. <laughs> watch Forky Ask a Question, because there there is an episode that is just focused around those four characters that is incredible. Nice. Yeah, I won't say anything more other than this is like a love circle or something or what like is love, love? Yeah, a yeah, love yeah a love rhombus <laughs> yeah it's, yeah it's great i was gonna um, mention that towards the end if somebody else didn't but yeah forky asked a question <laughs> is one of my favorite things to come out of this movie existing um, that is something i will be doing as soon as we're done talking today yeah and they're only like three to four minutes long a piece and there's like 10 of them so you you, you get through it pretty quick yeah. i don't think i've seen a bad toy story mini no all the minis are great yeah. They're 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 some of the best stuff to come out of the franchise. The the Happy Meal one is one of my favorites. Sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I did I did have one more question. Oh please. Okay. About Gabby, I sometimes I have mixed feelings on her getting a happy ending. Like I feel like I get it, but also is it? You know, it's the question: Are we negotiating with terrorists and? And at what point do you, I don't know. No, I, I, I I really think Gabby's just, she's not the bad guy. Like she's temporarily, she's a kidnapper. They keep giving her heart heart. because like when she's got Forky, she, yeah, she's holding a hostage, (laughs) but she's also like confiding in him and not in a, like we're trying to, you know, set up was it stockholm syndrome in any way Mm -hmm. it's she she has a concern because i mean years and years and years of being on a shelf and never being played with because she was defective yeah she's probably gonna be fucked up um so yeah i mean there's there there is some uh some villainy but i don't think malice right i i think she's just she's just a sad individual yeah and her decades at this point of sadness because she she says she's made in the 50s yeah 
because you know she asked Woody about it, and he's like, I don't know, late fifties or something. She was like, Oh yeah, it was made around the same time. So how long has she just been sitting in an antique store or wherever else that she would be sitting in by herself? Yeah, not being played with, not being paid attention to, and like I, I think the sadness has just driven her a little mad, and she just like she just needs love. Yeah, I think and ultimately the message is a good one and the resolution is a good one. But as I watch it, I'm like, she is uh, she wants to cut this person open and she's holding hostages and they're violently pursuing these people. But (laughs) but she's got a good heart. Yeah. And and I think ultimately, like, it, it makes sense that Forky is the one that she takes because he's he's just not bright enough to even kind of realize he's a hostage. So right. you, you don't get like, Scary. like anything traumatizing with him. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, for, for him as a character for children, because, and then as Jonathan said, he, he works as a good sounding board for her to, uh, to give character motivation through. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky balance, but, at the same time, like the characters never interact with her in a way that's positive yeah. for her. So while you shouldn't take what you want by force, like maybe some things could have been resolved a little better if, yeah, you know, there were just conversations had with her. But at the same time, she really needed a voice box, and there's no way of getting that without cutting open a bitch. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. No, so, I I do like that. Um, <laughs> Woody, you know, turns it over rather than has it forcibly taken. That would have been a bad point, I think, for me for that to have happened. Yeah, um, and <clears throat> you know, she has a conversation with him before that happens, and ultimately, you know, love wins, and love can change a person and make them good. And I, you know, I want to believe in that. So, love is magic. Yeah. Love is magic. All right, boys. Well, anybody got any more notes on Toy Story 4? Oh, uh, yeah. So, so you say that Bonnie's going to be okay. Is what did you in? I think the opening to this film is Pixar at its best. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Saying goodbye to Bo Peep yeah. in the theater. I was weeping. And I, I, I like that because... Toy Story 3 always never sat right with me because Bo Peep wasn't it. I don't know if that had, I don't know if that had to do with Annie Potts not wanting to do it or them just not asking her back or whatever they did, but Bo Peep wasn't in it. And Toy Story 3 has always just kind of sat by the wayside for me because I don't like that she's gone. So them opening this with a rational and good explanation of why she wouldn't be there, even, even if it's kind of retconning. Yeah, it well, was beautiful, and it, and it it brought up something for me in the sense of, yeah, of course, uh, Andy's sister is gonna have toys. I did. It just never clicked to me that Bo Peep was her toy. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, because you know, Andy needed a damsel for all the cowboy stuff he was doing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I love that opening. I and. It was the the first time, like looking at RC trying to get out of the gutter, 
it just looks like the actual RC car that he is. Yeah. It's so like <laughs> detailed down to like the way the plastic shines. It's beautiful. Just beautiful yep. animation. Yeah. It's a beautiful scene. And I think it sets up the themes of like saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. And in and a beautiful way. And yeah. I cried and I cried and I cried this time when I watched it again. It's better than the beginning of up. It's a, it's a bold word, sir. <laughs> and I stand by them. All right. Well, I think now it's time for our uh, Ratzenberger. It's Ham. It's Ham. He's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> He's maybe not in this one as much as I would like, but uh, <laughs> the one... <laughs> The one line where they're like, stay still, Ham, but it's money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they uh, they really just didn't use the other toys much in this and it, one. And I'm fine with that because this is yeah. Woody's movie. Yeah. Um, God, I just fucking hate Joan Cusack's voice. So much. No. I'm sorry. I love Joan Cusack. Listen, I don't hate her. It's her fucking voice. There's something about it. And I might might blame Adam's family values for it. Just, but just her voice, something about it. And then as Jesse, just as soon as it clicked that that's who that was, I was like, no, it bugs the shit out of me. But yeah. When we just watched that Brie Larson movie where Brie Larson cast Joan Cusack as her mom. And that made me very happy. All right. Well, it's time to get into our worsty judgments. Zach. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm trying to contain these coughs, but they roll out when I open my mouth. Roll uh, out. Roll out. So. Does this movie deserve best animated feature? So I got to watch uh, some movies this week. And I've seen um, four of these. I unfortunately have not seen Missing Link yet. But I'm sure it's very good. Um, so I'll rank the others. I watched... Uh, okay, I'm, I haven't finished it. I have 20 minutes left. And I'm very excited to see what hap- happens. Well, I know what's going to happen because of the way the movie starts. But um, I Lost My Body, which is on Netflix is super interesting the uh, you're basically following a hand a severed hand um as it tries to find its body it tries to find purpose and there's a scene where he the, the hand mercilessly like chokes a pigeon to death that's very <laughs> very dramatic and uh um, caitlin was on the couch uh, reading while i was watching this with my headphones on she just looks up and sees that as it's happening she's like what the fuck are you watching (laughs) that that kind of movie um but right now i have it uh in my bottom spot because i haven't finished it i i it's it's very good though um and then i finally saw how to train your dragon 3 which i think is excellent um i don't know if i love it as much as the first two but i've only seen this one i've seen those others a bunch of times so they have a more dear place in my heart i think it's very good though beautiful lovely film lovely franchise uh klaus is really surprised me when i i saw it when it first came out around christmas time that uh th- that year and that is a gorgeous film and it's very heartfelt it's got a great message i think it's probably my favorite out of these uh but to answer the question Sure, Toy Story 4 deserves it. Uh, I've warmed up to it. 
would have been nice maybe to see how you train your dragon win to get a win for that franchise, but I'm okay with it winning. All right. Um, this week I only got to watch Toy Story, uh, but I will say How to Train Your Dragon 3 is exactly as good as How to Train Your Dragon 2, which is exactly as good as How to Train Your Dragon 1. Um, with that said, I think this movie deserves it. I would have liked How to Train Your Dragon win, but yeah, I'd, I'd say this movie deserves it. That's all I got. Paul? All right. Uh, I, I didn't get to see I Lost My Body this week. Haven't seen it. And uh, I I was busy doom scrolling again this week. <laughs> because it's what I do these days, apparently. <laughs> so um, so I'll, I'll, I'll get to the other four. Uh, my bottom spot is, I think it'll be Klaus. I think it's a nice movie. I don't know. I I watched it once and I I felt no need to return to it like the other three films in this category. I think it's fine. I think it's cute. Uh and I didn't watch it this week. So uh because I was doom scrolling. Uh that that and, uh we ended up going to see the Tides home opener. So I went and saw yeah. baseball, baseball baseball game this week too yeah. because baseball's back and I'm uh I'm finally happy at least passingly happy. There you so, go. So, uh, speaking of things that have been happy, money number two of the other two remaining is Missing Link. I think it's probably my number five in the Leica list, but it's still very, 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 very good. So, uh, it might be my least favorite Leica, but uh, that's... A heavy good. stack. That is that is just too much to come up with. Uh, but it's good. It's such a good movie. Uh, then it's How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, because as Jonathan said, it's kind of perfect. It rules. It's so beautiful, and the way it wraps up the franchise is great. Um, yeah, I love that movie. It was in my top 20 this year. Yes. Uh, that being said, Toy Story 4 was in my top 10 this year. I think it's an incredible sequel. I think it is Again, I think it might be in contention against toys, the first Toy Story as my second favorite Toy Story film. Because Toy Story 2 is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's the perfect encapsulation. Uh, uh, encapsulation. It's the perfect ending for a beloved character. It's great. And I love this movie so much. No, it didn't deserve to win Best Animated Feature. Oh, I, I, I'm mostly rooting against it because I don't want Disney to win them. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I gave in for Coco because Coco's incredible and perfect, and I think I gave this film like four and a half or five stars, however many stars I gave it, and put it above both Missing Link and How to Train Your Dragon. And I would have rather How to Train Your Dragon win it mm-hmm. because yeah. it's great. And Dean DeBloy deserves an Academy Award. Uh, or Missing Link, because like it's just been like it's been killing it. It's five great films. Yeah. Give them a fucking Academy Award. <laughs> anyway. So no, I, I'm gonna go with no, but it, it's still probably gonna go pretty high in my uh my ranking. Well, on that note, Zach, 
Is this the worst best animated feature? It is not. Um, Let me see my numbers here. I have it at my number 11. Um, It's right behind Finding Nemo and uh, right above Wallace and Gromit. It's a lovely film that I've warmed to. It's, I would say for me, it's just a hair my least favorite of the Toy Story movies. But, again, that's the sort of like Paul's statement about, like, I, I still love all these movies. Um, I gave it four stars. Uh, number 11. All right. I have it at my number nine. Um, while I, like I said, warmed up to this movie and think it is much better than I originally thought it to be, uh, I have it in between... Frozen and Brave. I think it's just barely above Brave and just barely under Frozen, which I like just a little bit more. Paul? Uh, I also have it at my number nine, but this is where we're differing because yeah. I have both Brave and Frozen under it. Uh, but it is the bottom of my five-star uh, ranking, so I have nine five-star movies in here because movies deserve five stars. Yeah, Zach, how many five-star movies you got on your list? Uh, six. Oh. Wow, that's five more than I expect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Spirited Away, Spider-Man, Coco, Wally, Incredibles, and Inside Out are all five stars. All right. I have those all the five stars, too. Um, yeah, I... Again, I love this film. I think it's great. Um, um just I, I'm just done with Disney winning this category. Yeah. Yep. Disney doesn't need to win this category ever again unless they make the definitively best film of the year. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're going to call it here. Uh, my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me at Altorn underscore Occam at the TikToks, the Twitch, and the Twitters. Um, I'm going to bring up something that I don't usually do. I saw movies this week, guys. Oh, my God. Ooh. I saw two movies this week at oh the my theater. Gosh. And I am just going to talk about one of them. Motherfucking Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Oh, I love D&D hat. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's so good. Like, I'm not a huge Michelle Rodriguez fan. I think she's fine. I yeah. think... That's about it. She's fine. She played the perfect plus zero intellect modifier barbarian that I have ever seen. I wanted to literally make the character sheets for each of these main cast. And I feel like I could do it. Just tell you exactly what their modifiers are. There's not a one of them with more than a plus one to their intellect, by the way. And there's <laughs> even a fucking joke about that in <laughs> This movie, I think the best description I had ever heard of it was this movie is a DM writing a pretty decent campaign and the players saying, fuck you, we're doing what we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a perfect representation of how D&D is actually played. Yes. And I, oh God, it's so good. <laughs> and I'll say I went and saw it this week as well. And the fact that I've played D&D, I don't really like D&D that much. Like I do it as a social thing cuz my friends play D&D and I want to hang out with my friends. So I do what they want. 
And so we do that. Uh, whenever I'm given the chance to play a different system than D&D, I always, always try to go with that. Sure. Anyway, so that being said, that's, uh, I think this film is such a fun romp. And if you know nothing about D&D, like literally nothing, you can just enjoy a silly action-adventure comedy yeah. uh, starring really hot people. Because um, Roger Jean Page can get it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and... And on that note, as a person who does love D&D, who it just consumes it almost on the daily, it it, it adds to the movie. It, it it allows you to go, ha ha, I get that. Yeah. And, look at that. That's and, awesome. The small I, little things. And I saw it with the giant DM, D, David Ray, and like I would say something like, wow, that thing looks really cool. And he'd lean over to me and go, well, it's this and this and this, and, and, and it comes from here and this place. And I'm like, great. I love this. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like It's just the small thing. Because there is an actual lore to the, the Forgotten Realms. And, and, and it, it, it's, it's awesome that they just kind of sneak little small things. And you're just like, ah, they referenced him. That's an actual person in there. I, mm-hmm. I'm all about it. So. Yeah. Like I still don't really know who that guy in in the helmet was, except uh, Justice Smith's grandfather or some shit. But apparently, he has like a really deep lore and backstory. And I'm like, I'm, okay, I'm pretty cool, sure that whatever. was I don't care. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I don't give a shit who that dude is, other than being the guy in the helmet. <laughs> it's the movie you probably you want you if you're going to go with a D and D nerd to see this movie, don't watch it at their house. No. Because we're all going to be assholes that we're all going to be that jackass that brings up the fact that Aragorn broke his toe when he kicked the helmet every time. You're you're going to be all those people that <laughs> ruined uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail for Zach. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so go go see this movie. If you're going with a D&D nerd, go see it in the theater so that they have to shut the fuck up. Also, Thimber Shout is my personality now. That guy fucking rules. Yes. yes. There's just, Zach, there's a really, really fat dragon in this movie, and it's the greatest thing to happen to film. <laughs> yes. I will be seeing this eventually. God, you need to. It's incredible. <laughs> yes. So that was one of the movies I saw. But, Zach, where can we find you? Hi, you can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, or Letterboxd by searching my name, Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Father of the Feet. No, hold on. No, I started this a different way. Shark Dress Men on TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related material. Then it's Father of the Fear on Twitter and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the movies that I watch. And I saw the same two films that Jonathan saw, so I'm going to bring up the other one. Yay! It was the Super Mario Brothers movie. What a piece of shit. (laughs) It's... Probably in my bottom 20 films of all time now. I hate wow. everything in that movie. <laughs> there is nothing I enjoyed about that movie except the animation. Dang it. It is gorgeously animated. It is really pretty. Um, <laughs> bring your kids. <laughs> yeah, they're, pretty they're much. are going to have a fun time. I did not want to see this movie. I was okay with never having an opinion on this movie. I was going to skip it at the theater. But I had two children who saw the the preview for it, and I was going to feel like the worst father in the world if I didn't take my child who is obsessed with Mario to go see the fucking Mario movie. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw it, and I think it, like, 
I think this film completely talks down to its entire audience. It has no plot. The writing is bad and it is awful. Uh, I believe my, um, that's how I'm going to freeze again. Um, I believe my letterbox review on it is Leonardo DiCaprio pointing dot gif the movie because that's all this movie is. It is. I, I thought it was cute. I think it is definitely a kids movie, but it is definitely one that talks down to the kids. Like Paul said, I think it is literally just Nintendo references the movie. Yeah. That's all it is. I, I will say I enjoyed the cast. I think Chris Pratt did okay. I, I kind of like how they basically started the movie with the whole explanation of why he doesn't sound like Mario by even throwing in the, uh, the original Mario voice actor. Um, mm. I thought that was kind of cute, but after that, it, I think I mean, Charlie day was probably the best thing of the movie. Charlie day is, is the only voice actor I enjoyed. And I think it's only because it's Charlie day, but, sure. but they sideline Luigi through like 60% of the runtime of this movie. And yeah. that's just a waste of Charlie day. Uh, I, I'm I'm not going to go on the laundry list of all the things I hated. Yeah, it just but, just know it's 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 a kids movie. If you have kids that like Mario, they will have a good time. They're going to have a is, great time. There is going to be a line. I think there's going to be an age line that once they reach that point, they're just not going to care. I I think if Owen was like three years older, he probably would not enjoy this movie. Probably, yeah. Like it, it is just bad it is very bad and things just happen for no reason there's there's a scene where they're on rainbow road doing a mad max fury road parody and uh a koopa gets blown up and then he just steps outside of his his vehicle and he's like blue shell and then he turns into a blue shell and it makes no fucking sense and that that was the moment that i literally turned my phone on because i was the only person in the theater to check the (laughs) runtime i was on i was in a movie theater on my phone through most of this movie because (laughs) i could feel my intelligence slipping away from me (laughs) i didn't have a, a single bit of fun watching this movie, and I'm ashamed that it exists. <laughs> uh, uh, this one, I'll just you know check out with the boys when it when it's available at home. Um, yeah, dude, I, have, I, am, I have seen a lot of my friends say that they liked it. Just they liked it. Nobody nobody loves it or says it's a good movie. Just that they had a good time. I feel like good for them, I guess. Because the critics came in pretty hard on this one. And everybody had already kind of wrote it off because of the whole Chris Pratt thing. I know a lot of gamers, especially, wrote this movie off because of Chris Pratt. He's uh, voicing him fuck in this movie too. But I, I feel like a lot of people are giving it more credit than it does deserve. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the critics were kind of spot on on this one. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and try to explain why other people like this movie. I. All I'm going to say is I didn't, and uh, I can't see why anybody would. Because, heck, what are we watching next week? Well, circling back to your Disney never needs to win anything again, we're going to be watching Soul, (laughs) which uh, you can rent on Amazon, Google, 
Vudu, YouTube, or stream on Disney Plus. You froze again really fast, but you look yeah, very as, cool. Yeah, like almost as soon as it happened. <laughs> nice. All it's like, right. It's like the the freeze frame. I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> beep, 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 That's exactly beep. where I went. <laughs> freeze frame. Uh, all right. Well, then, uh, we would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Lovely Health of Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for a most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pond and on Facebook at The Oscarsy Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and make a five star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. You got an algorithm in me. <laughs> you Five got star. an algorithm in me. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. Five stars. Five, 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 five. So, for Jonathan and Zach and Annie Potts, we would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>